Welcome to the teachings of the Renew Community. We are a family of Jesus followers seeking to be formed into the image of Christ and to join God in the renewal of all things. We meet together weekly in large gatherings and in house churches throughout Bucks and Montgomery counties. If you'd like more information on the Renew Community, feel free to check us out at www.renewcommunity.org. Good morning. It's really good to see you all this morning. Uh, So glad to be with you. We are jumping into a series called The Good Life, uh, and this is going to be a long journey, uh, but we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We want to dig into Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5 through 7 to see what he has to speak to us about what it looks like to live a good life. Uh, and how he wants to speak to us in our present day. And as I was preparing for this teaching, my mind went in hundreds of different directions. There's, there's a lot to talk about. Thankfully, we have more than this morning to do that. Uh, but originally, I was thinking, all right, like first Sunday with this, I want to just, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Um, And I had a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff of why this is good. Um, But really, much of it is based on our context. Um, So last Sunday, uh, two Sundays ago, Doug cast a vision for who we are as a church. And that vision is not really new to Renew. It's not really new to the church. Um, But it's all about we're, we're in formation and mission. Formation for mission and mission as formation. And that looks like an up, in, and out life. And Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount is all about all of that, all about righteousness, right relationship with God, our relationship up with our Father who sees us in the secret. And it's all about righteousness in our relationships, in our inner circles as a church, right relationships. And it's all about righteousness to the world, how we go out to shine our light. And I started thinking, well, this is very much connected to where we were in the fall with the character of God. As it laid out in Exodus 34, the Sermon on the Mount is all about God's character, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so Jesus' teaching is forming us and sending us to reflect God's character through this righteousness. And that drew me back to last summer when we were in life in the spirit. There is no way that we can live what Jesus is teaching in this sermon without the Holy Spirit. And so a spirit-filled life, life in the spirit is a life that is persistently pursuing living out Jesus' teaching in these chapters. And that's our context. And, and then I started to think, well, how important this is for the 2024 election season. For us to be rooted in the reality that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom, first and foremost. And what implications Jesus' teaching has for how we live in the world, not of the world. Uh, there's a quote from Gordon Fee, and this was life in the spirit Uh, stuff, but he says, a spirit-led community is in the world, but of the heavenly kingdom. That's what Jesus is teaching in this sermon. In the world, but of the heavenly kingdom, calling the world's values and methods into question, not conditioned by the world's values and lifestyles. And I had a ton more to say all about those things. Uh, 
But I'm going to leave it at that because I want to kind of get out of the way and let Jesus speak to us. Um, but I have a few, few more notes before we do that. Uh, I want you to hear the words of Jesus as he extends a proclamation of the good news of God's kingdom with an invitation to repentance, which is good news that God invites us to repent. And so a little bit of context for where Jesus is at as he teaches this sermon. Matthew is Matthew's a gifted writer, and he's portraying Jesus through the birth narrative. He's drawing our attention back to Moses and Egypt. And in this sermon, Jesus is talking about how he is the fulfillment that the kingdom that God was revealing to Moses is now at hand. And so uh, in Matthew 3, 13 through 17, this is one of my favorite stories, but it's Jesus' baptism. And as he's going to get baptized by his cousin John, John's like, what are you doing, Jesus? You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says these powerful words. He says, let's do this. Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So we have Jesus coming, and he's saying, I'm fulfilling all righteousness. And then, of course, the Spirit descends as the heavens open, and God proclaims, the Father proclaims over Jesus. This is a beautiful picture of the Holy Trinity. And God says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. And Jesus is sent into the wilderness where Satan comes to tempt that. Are you really God's son? If you are God's son, and Jesus withstands Satan. And then as he begins his mission, he begins with these simple words, repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's demonstrating this as he goes and he heals people. He delivers people from demonic oppression. He's delivering, he's healing, he's providing, and, and people are starting to be like, maybe this guy is onto something. Maybe when he says the kingdom of God is at hand, it's true because God's hand is at work in his life. And so crowds start to follow him, crowds of, of nobodies, crowds of people who are hurting and broken, crowds of people who are hoping something, crowds that might look a little something like this, people from all different backgrounds, and Jesus is inviting them into repentance to see that God is at work. And so he's inviting them to change their perspective and to open themselves up and to repent. And I think about, <laughs> I've been following Jesus. I've been a Christian for over 30 years, most, almost all of my life, probably all of my life. I was baptized as an infant because my mom and dad, this we're going to dedicate him to the Lord. Uh, but I have to repent a lot. Uh, and about a year ago, uh, I was in a place, and I've shared this story before, um, but I was in a place, just unhealthy habits of choosing amusement and entertainment to numb my mind. 
and escaping. And I felt the Lord calling me to this repentance. And it took a while before I was like, all right. But he kept working, he kept working, he kept working. Finally, that repentance came. And the emptiness of what I was choosing made way for the joy of God to break in as I encountered him in new ways. And he stirred new life in me that impacted all of my relationships. And I can think of lots and lots of other times where I've been invited to repentance. And sometimes it's been hard and sometimes I'm reluctant. But when I finally do, the Lord breaks through because he's got something better in mind. He's got good life in mind. And so I want to invite you to hear Jesus proclaiming the good news, inviting us to repentance, even if we've been following Jesus for a long time. Don't let these words become too familiar because they're provocative and profound. And Jesus teaches and speaks to every aspect of our reality every aspect of our reality. He speaks to our sexuality. He speaks to our physicality. He speaks to our spirituality, our emotionality, our mentality, our relationality, every single aspect of our reality he speaks to because he wants to make way for God to bring his good life into all of those spaces. God wants to bring his good life into every aspect of our reality, into all the nooks and crannies of our life, into all the cracks and crevices of our soul, into the shiny centerpiece places and the dusty corners of our life, into the the callous scars and the gaping wounds. Jesus wants to bring the good life of the heavenly kingdom because the good father through his saving son by the power of the spirit wants to bring healing and transformation to the lusty parts, the angry parts, the anxious and fearful parts, the prideful or judgmental parts, the selfish, self-righteous, self-loathing and self-sufficient parts the shameful and hidden parts, the apathetic parts, the ordinary and mundane parts, the grocery store parts, the pickleball parts, the zealous and the passionate parts, the I'm not blank enough parts, the going through the religious motion parts, the unjust and unfair parts, the hungry, thirsty, longing parts, the hopeless and the hopeful parts. Every aspect of our reality is an invitation from the Lord to come in and bring good life with God. Jesus speaks to all these parts and says, the kingdom of heaven is near and it's available for all of these parts. And he invites us to repent and follow his wise way of good life. Not the American dream, not the easy life, not the comfortable life, but good God life. I want to invite Bill up, and he's going to proclaim, he's going to preach the Sermon on the Mount to us. And I want to invite you just to listen. What does your heavenly father 
who sees you right now, does your heavenly Father who sees you right now want to speak to you? Seeing the crowds, he went up in the, in the mountain, and when he sat down, he, when, his, when he sat down, the disciples came to him. He opened his and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, are those those are the king those of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and, and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who went before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and place it under a basket, but on a stand where it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes the least of one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and that whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say to you, anyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. And whoever insults his brother is liable to the council. And whoever says, Raka, or you fool, is liable to the hell of fire. So if you were offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser when going with him to court, lest your accuser turn you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. For truly I say to you, you will never get out till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, anyone who looks on a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better to lose one of your members than have your whole body put into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better to lose one of your members than have your whole body put into hell. 
It was also said that whoever divorces his wife, let him give to her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of marital infidelity, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries that divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, not by heaven, for it is the throne of God, not by the earth, for it is his footstool, and not by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist the one who is evil. For if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other one also. If anyone would sue you and take your clinic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone would force you to go one mile, go within two miles. Give to the one who would beg from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the good and on the evil and sends rain onto the just and onto the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more have you done than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your giving may be done in secret, and your heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask of him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. 
Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay out for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay out for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Or which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. But yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the, the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, and do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, here, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Which of you, if his son would ask you for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he would ask for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask of him? Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. 
enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those that enter by it are many. But the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those that find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn brushes, or figs from thistles? Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. For many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. When Jesus was finished with these teachings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he spoke as one with authority and not as their scribe. 